This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, I want to talk about the Black Wall Street of Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was known as Greenwood. I have to go all the way back to 1901 when Tulsa was going through an oil boom, and they sent people out to encourage people to move to Tulsa. They were finding so much oil that by 1905, they were called the oil capital of the world. All of these recruiters went out to get people to move to Tulsa, including to recruit Black people to come to the Tulsa area. And Black people really considered it because in the more Southern states, they were really suffering from high levels of lynching, and it was a tough and very difficult life. Now, even though the Black people were coming to Tulsa, they were prevented from participating in the oil boom jobs. They could not hold any high-paying oil jobs at all. They were strictly being brought to do the service-related roles like housekeeping, chauffeur, butler, shoeshine person, and these kinds of activities. However, it still represented a better opportunity and life. Tulsa at that time was in what was called Indian Territory, and there were five tribal nations that were living there, and historically, those five tribes had held slaves themselves. However, at the time of this boom and all this recruitment of people to Tulsa, it was a very integrated community. You had Blacks, Whites, Jews, Indians, all living together in safety, and this was quite different. There were black people and white people side by side. They were going to the same restaurants and eating. They were living in the same neighborhoods. Their children were playing together. So this is not what was typical in states even farther south than this area. At the time, there was a man who was living in another part of Oklahoma. His name was Ottawa W. Gurley, and he was known as O.W. He and his wife, Emma, moved to Tulsa with the notion that, okay, we'll seek a better life too. However, he was skeptical of all of this integration and didn't think it was going to last. He kind of assumed that until the white people felt that they no longer needed the black people, then they were going to somehow disenfranchise them and throw them out. So he bought 40 acres of land up north in the city above the railroad track lines, and he was committed to building a black community, which he did build. And he, over the years, added more land to the original parcels that he bought. And over time, he built originally a grocery store, an AME, African Methodist Episcopal Church, a Masonic Lodge, a hotel. He built boarding houses, other kinds of houses, apartment buildings, and he even had an employment agency there. Now, he also met another man, and they were in a loose partnership together, and that man was John the Baptist Stratford, known as J.B. Now, J.B. 
was a person who built a hotel there that was the largest hotel in the country, black hotel, that is. It had 54 suites, it had a pool hall, it had a saloon, and it had a dining room. And he built many other enterprises as well while he was there. Both of these men had a history of coming from parents who had been enslaved. And in the case of O.W., he was kind of a follower of the practical Booker T. Washington, much more conservative. Let's find practical industrial type jobs for Black people to do. J.B., on the other hand, he was a little bit more radical and in the school of W.E.B. Du Bois, and he wanted Black people to be far more successful and to go beyond what the, the trade jobs that were common for them to get at the time. What was interesting is that a number of other people also moved to the area, and I'll just briefly mention some of them and what they built in Greenwood. So A.J. Smitherman, he came to this territory and he built the Tulsa Star Black newspaper. We had Lula Cotton and her husband, John Wesley Williams, and they built the Dreamland Theater, rooming houses, a confectionery commercial rental property and other enterprises. And by 1913, even the Booker T. Washington High School was opened. People there really believed in education. They wanted their children to be educated and their children were becoming educated and many went on to college. Simon Berry was also a resident. He was a pilot because the white taxi service was segregated and Blacks couldn't participate, he created his own taxi service with a Model T Ford that he had. He then operated a bus line and a charter plane service for the wealthy oil men of the area. So these people were very enterprising, entrepreneurial in what they were doing, and they were making a good living wage, even though they were prevented from the large paying oil jobs. There were some people in Greenwood who were doctors and lawyers and very prosperous people in those kinds of professions. However, the majority of people who lived in Greenwood were just everyday people. They were working in jobs like domestics, housekeeping, chauffeurs, gardeners, janitors. They were working as shoe shiners, porters, cooks, butlers, laundresses, and jobs of that like. Nevertheless, they were very prosperous and Greenwood became prosperous and they really built their own community. It was flourishing and it was doing very well. About the time of 1907, this territory of Tulsa became a state of the United States. And once that happened, a white supremacist named Bill Alfalfa Murray moved into the area, and he was running all of the political leadership in the area. And as a result, he implemented a lot of laws that were not in place at the time. He had laws put in place against interracial marriage. And not only could Blacks, they never could work in the oil industry, he prevented them from working in any high-wage jobs in the Tulsa area. And even though Blacks predominantly, they lived in Greenwood, most 
went down into the main part of the city and worked in the white neighborhoods and then returned home. They spent their money in Greenwood and they prosperous enough. Many people had cars, people were well-dressed. And if you see the photographs of the time, they really looked good and they had nice homes in which they lived. So by the time of 1909, Greenwood was annexed by the town of Tulsa Therefore, the white politicians refused to fix the roads and do other things that needed to be done in the area. They intimidated people at the voting polls because they had started a policy consistent with Jim Crow, which they brought in full force to Tulsa, which said you couldn't vote unless your grandfather was a landowner. And that applied to very few Black people who had grandfathers that were landowners. They also started smear campaigns against the Black people, claiming that they were raping white women, which wasn't true. So all of this was going on, and the people still continued to thrive nevertheless at that time. And if you came up to Greenwood and you started some racist mess, there might be a shootout in the streets because they really didn't tolerate that there. And in fact, right around 1916, OG, who also owned a hotel, three white men came into the hotel and counted his wife up on second floor. And they were there, they said, to look for some good time girls. And by the time OG came into the room, not far after that, he found them really harassing his wife. And so he asked what was going on. They didn't say anything. Then his wife told him what they came there for. Well, he beat him up and chased him out which probably later on would certainly have some repercussions. So what I want to say is that this community was built even though they had limited resources and what made it successful were several points. And I want to mention these. Number one, they worked together and working together is what produced these effective results. And even OW and JB coming from different schools, one from the Booker T. Washington School and one from the W.E.B. Du Bois School of Thought, they worked together even with those differences. And I think they needed both points of view. Number two, even if you have little, you can make something of value. So start where you are. That's another principle. Number three, even if you have your right arm and your right leg unavailable, because that was the case, they were prevented from many things, they still did much. So even with those limitations, you can still do much. Fourthly, I would say in the workplace, work with what you have. Everyone has to start from somewhere. Don't worry about what you don't have. Use what you do have. And then the fifth principle I would say is to treat others as you want to be treated. I think that Dr. King's nonviolent social change principles might have been helpful because maybe O.W. kicking those guys out in the way he did fueled some additional bitterness and retaliation, which was already brewing up anyway. I would say that they had a lot going for them. They did a lot of things well. We can learn from that today and continue to practice those same activities in today's world. And so next time, we will talk about the fall of Black Wall Street, because today we were talking about the rise of it. And as we close this segment, I want to read from Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter, 
And it says, here is what I have seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life which God gives him, for it is his heritage. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. For he will not dwell unduly on the days of his life because God keeps him busy with the joy of his heart. And that's how it was for a season in Greenwood. So join me next time as we talk about the fall of Black Wall Street. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.